Ladies and gentlemen, here is the latest bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. Step into the this is Macabre Grimoire with Airy Show, Travis Nye, and Robert Maley. Hey everybody, welcome to Macabre Grimoire, Chapter 16, Mind Ghost and Spirits. I'm your host, Airy Show, here with my co-host Robert Milling and special guest, Dominic Winicky. Who's, Who's that guy? Hey! Who's that guy? <laughs> Sitting in the corner. Sounds like how I talk to my cats. What's that? What do you want? <laughs> I just got off the phone with one of my nieces who's like two and a, 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 some change. Oh, sure. And yeah. It's a lot of talking like that. It's yeah. to interact with the phone. Yeah. I used to babysit this little girl who was like 18 months old and I'd go, what's that? What's that? And she'd be like, what? What? What's that? Like she would say it back to you. It was, it was really funny. Like I could get her to do it for anything. And awesome. I feel like I can do it with my cats and the dog. Very nice. When the dog was around. Like they'd be into it. Right. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Donald's no, just like smiling, nod. Uh-huh. <laughs> nod. So okay, so we're talking about ghosts that basically inhabit a mine, like specific to a mine. Yeah, ghosts. Are but not really a ghost, but like more of an su- elementor. Superstitions that are strongly associated with the underground and mining, because miners in general tend to be. Highly superstitious from what we found. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the catalyst for this was that uh, we recorded a live episode that you'll get to hear in a few weeks with uh, with a person who is an expert on uh, mine... Ghost... Mine ghosts? Mine ghosts, I guess, as close as you get to being an expert on that particular type of Right. Ghost. And not really an expert, just a lot of experience. Yes. Because they, uh, t- uh, they talked about... Not there's no such thing as experts in the paranormal field, which I totally right. support. But yeah, the, a lot of experience with it. So, so this is kind of a prelude to that pre-recorded episode. It won't be the next episode that comes out, but the one after that. It'll be our live from Supercon episode, and you'll read more about that as that gets closer. Right. So, like the next next one. Yes. I just wanted to say next next. So the good, one that's going to come out right around Halloween, actually. Oh, I like how you did that. That's fun. So the first, uh, and, you know, we could call them spirits, we could call them ghosts. Uh, the first entities we're going to talk about are called Tommyknockers. And the thing is, they have a bunch of different names, and there's a bunch of different traditions for them all over the world. And in some parts of the world, they are ghosts. They are the ghosts of, like, miners who didn't make it out. Oh. And then in some places... Uh, like, the ones that we have in the United States that American miners believe in mm-hmm. are from Welsh tradition. And in the Welsh tradition, they are fey creatures like the little people or, like, trolls or okay. stuff like that. sure. So there's multiple traditions. And we'll get into, towards the end here, one in the Ukraine that takes a very different direction from that. But the, the ones that uh, Americans, you know, basically came to the United States is because we had a lot of, uh, you know, Irish, English, Scottish... Cornish immigrants, and especially, uh, you know, from Cornwall and that area, mm-hmm. described little creatures as people who were two feet tall, had big heads, long arms, wrinkled faces, and white whiskers. They were tiny versions of a miner's standard garb and commit random mischief, such as stealing the miner's unattended tools and food. So I'm going to pull up a visual aid here. Yeah, yeah. For, for Arian uh, uh, Dominic. Um, 
Oh, so God. This is, oh, okay, that one. <laughs> this is what they actually look like. The one I'm pointing to that kind of just looks like a standard, like, D&D analog gnome. Sure. You, you know what's funny when... But the, they get in a lot of people, when they think Tommyknocker, they think the thing next to it, which looks like basically like a like roughed up alien. Well, that's, which is because yeah. of the Stephen King film, on book, or book and then film. Uh, the Tommyknockers. Right, which, that's where I'm familiar with the Tommyknockers, so. Yeah, which comes from a completely different direction than the actual, like, legends of Tommyknockers. Oh, right. so what is Stephen King's book? Is it, I mean, is it, like, about mining? Go no, with, oh. I'm not sure. It's basically he, uh, about this woman who lives in Maine, and she's walking along one day and trips over what she thinks is a rock. And as she starts to dig around the rock to pull it out of her walking path, she discovers that it keeps going down, 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 down. That it's basically a massive spaceship that's been buried in the ground. Jesus. Uh, it's he uh, he got the inspiration from an H.P. Lovecraft story. Oh, okay. Called the the color of color out of space. Color so. out of space. That's the very first H.P. Lovecraft story I ever right. read. That's mm. a fantastic story. Yeah, it was. A, it's a small poem, and it mentions about the Tommyknockers. So, how he got the aliens out of that, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, well, color out of space is very aliens, and then them like contaminating the soil and stuff like that. Okay. And so I kind of, and because they dug it out of the ground, I could see why he's like Tommy knockers, spirits, creatures from the ground. Sure. But still, that's quite the quite a leap. Quite a leap. Yeah, it was a little bit of artistic license, right? <laughs> What's funny about the picture of the of the little gnome like creature for the like the. The, for the Tommy Knocker, is when you described it as having white whiskers. I wasn't thinking like a beard. I was thinking like cat whiskers. <laughs> Looks like the underwear gnomes from South Park. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Three profit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what's up too? <laughs> Apparently, it's harassed miners. Apparently. So, All right. So a, go for it. Eighteen twenties immigrant Welsh miners brought tales of the knockers. Uh, and left their unwatched items and warn warning knocks to uh, western Pennsylvania when they gravitated there it, to work in the mines. Cornish miners, much sought after after their years of following gold and silver rushes, brought them to Colorado, Nevada, and California. When asked if they had relatives who could work the mines, the Cornish miners always said something along the lines of, well, me, my cousin Jack over in Cornwall, what's come, and could ye pay is a boat ride, and so came to be called Cousin Jacks. The Cousin Jacks, as notorious for losing tools as they were for di uh, diving out of shafts just before they collapsed, attributed their diminutive friends, att attributed this to their diminutive friends and refused to enter new mines until they were assured by management that the knockers were already on duty. Even non-Cornish miners who helped to work deep in the earth were the noisy where the noisy support timbers creaked and groaned, came to believe in the Tommyknockers. The American interpretation of knockers seems to be more ghostly than elvish. Hmm. Belief in the knockers in America remained well into the 20th century. When one large mine closed in 1956, the owners sealed the entrance, and fourth, fifth, and sixth generation Cousin Jacks circulated a petition calling on the mine owners to set the knockers free so that they could move on to other mines, and the owners complied. Belief in Nevada persisted amongst its miners as late as the 1930s. I wonder what mine that was that they wanted to have, like, opened up. That's a good question, but I... 
it's funny because I've, I've tried to find it and I couldn't, I don't know if it was a podcast or something I read or something like that, but I just got done with a story that was talking about leaving a saucer of milk for, oh, sure. for the Tommyknockers at the mouth of a mine mm -hmm. that was it like in Scotland or someplace right. like that. And uh, that made me think too of like, um, oh, what was it? American Gods. That mm. TV show, mm -hmm. there the the leprechaun that's mm -hmm. that's a character in that show, in his in when they tell his story of how he came to America, or whatever it was, a woman who kept leaving a saucer of milk on the windowsill to feed the fairy folk and bring good luck. Um, that's interesting. And, that, and that's oh. what brought him over. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no no no! You keep going. You that that was it. That was it. Oh okay. Sorry. It's interesting you say that because um I have a witches calendar at my desk at work and each month is to celebrate the different times of the season and then they will always include a different um I guess spell sort of so to speak for for like what to do for like each season and last month was about um basically communication with the fairies and a gateway to the fairies is or the fae is um like a circle of mushrooms mm -hmm. and i forget specifically what they called it but um in order to basically ask for the goodwill of the fae and to bless like your harvest or whatever you need to bring them a thimble full of a heady brew and then um like basically delicate like pastries that are de that are like very well decorated and then that will like please the fae and i was like paranoid about finding like a circle of mushrooms because i'm like i don't know if i want a portal to their world <laughs> near me but i just thought that was really interesting that this is also it's not just within you know th like this is you know also the time like basically like these elementals um always requires some sort of like sweet treat or alcohol or milk you know something yeah i'm gonna i'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the end because i have oh, a sure. list of like my kind of like final observations on all these creatures oh sure sure that, uh food it's like mines are are once one of them was that miners are very superstitious mm -hmm. because it's hazardous work so it's just like sailors where it's like their survival is a lot of luck as much as anything else oh yeah so they carry a lot of superstitions. Yep. Because it, it helps them compensate for the high stress. And uh, let's see. And then the, another one was that food is a re is going to be a really recurring theme with a lot of these creatures. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And feeding them to, to keep them happy. Right, right. Speaking of, if that's all we're going to say about the, the Tommy Knockers, the next one here, this is one I threw in that's not necessarily a specific to mining ghost. Yeah, I saw this on the notes, and I was like, this is interesting. But the, this is stories I've heard of before. They're called Hungry Ghosts. Mm -hmm. Now, when you go to Deadwood in South Dakota in the Black Hills, which is a you know famous former mining town from gold, from a Black Hills gold rush, uh, one of the things that always struck me about Boot Hill, the big like western cemetery out there, is all of the mass graves for Chinese miners. And they're all, like, one Chinese marker with Chinese characters mm -hmm. out amongst all these very, like, Wild West tombstones. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it'll be, like, one marker and then a big pile of rock. And it's like, oh, that's a mass grave. And there's, like, 50 or 60 Chinese miners in that grave. Jesus. So it's, like, it was very, very hazardous work. And especially the further west you go, the more a lot of this mining work was done by right. Chinese people. Because uh, they were... You know, seen as expendable by the, the people who were running the mines and things like that. Right. Anyway, a lot of them come from parts of China that have uh, 
a very Chinese Eastern tradition. It's kind of a mix of traditional Chinese ancestor worship and then kind of a hybridized thing with Buddhism. Mm. And what this particular tradition is called is hungry ghosts. So they, these families venerate their dead and will even have like festivals for their ancestor worship and stuff like that. Now, my, my question, and I've actually like read stories and accounts and stuff like that before, is like what happens with these, these poor Chinese workers who they have no family in this part of the world to, to mourn them and no one honor them, right? Like those traditions and things like that. Well, according to Chinese folklore, it, to, to quote Archer, you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. If you want hungry ghosts, that's how you get hungry ghosts. Oh, damn. Which are a very specific type of uh, Chinese, basically, poltergeist. Jesus. A hungry ghost is a concept in Chinese Buddhism and Chinese traditional religion, representing beings who are driven by intense emotional needs in an animalistic way. The term, and I'm not even going to try. Iguai? I don't know. <laughs> literally means hungry ghost in the is the Chinese translation of the term, or perta in Buddhism. Hungry ghosts play a role in Chinese Buddhism, Taoism, as well as Chinese folk religion. The term is not to be confused with the generic term for ghosts, goi, the spirit of a deceased ancestor. The understanding is that all people become regular ghosts when they die, and then would slowly weaken and eventually die for a second time. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, this All of this is like Chinese folklore religion, as you get into this stuff, it's like... It's already hardcore, but yeah. it gets worse for these poor guys. Yeah. Hungry ghosts, by contrast, are a much more exceptional case and would only occur in the very unfortunate circumstances, such as a whole family was killed or when a family no longer venerates their ancestors. Uh, and I mention this because, man, there's like tons and tons of... I mean, it's China, so there's like tons of info and background and festivals all over China for it. So it's, like, it's a big deal there. They even have, like have a month of the year... That is the the month where instead of calling them hungry ghosts, you the word that they use for them translates as like brother god or the good god, hmm. uh, because that's the month that hungry ghosts are extra powerful, oh. and so uh, they don't insult them and will not call them hungry ghosts to their face during that time because their power is too great. There's a lot of superstition though, though I think in China, right? In, in the like folk religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah. So hungry ghosts. There we go. Okay, so here's a tapestry depicting uh, just, like, the, the hungry ghost concept. I think these are some, like, Buddhist, like, demons tormenting the hungry spirits. I mean, eating anything, just, like, balls of fire, stuff like that. So they're portrayed as just, like, rotting with their bellies swollen and stuff like that. And uh, Poor you know, ghosties. Yes. <laughs> and just ravenously eating, like, anything they can get their hands on, just totally driven by... In, in the, the folklore, like, animalistic, raw emotion, like, you know, if they were killed in a mine or something like that, which is, like, where the story I got this mm -hmm. from comes from, is, like, you know, just filled with, like, rage. Could you filled with, like, sadness. Could you imagine, I don't know, so this might be a stretch, but, like, so you're brought up, you know, in this belief that if you're not, if your remains aren't honored, then you're going to be an angry spirit like you're going to become this yep. in, in the spirit world could you imagine leaving your body and knowing that you're not being honored do you, and then like just like for me as a medium like i can only imagine the amount of people stuck in that in that old belief of i have to stay here i have to keep my energy here to focus all of my energy on you know 
you know, making sure that I'm being honored, you know, and just that's the thing that kind of bums me out is the fact that these that some most of these people might be sticking around because they're trying to fulfill, you know, being honored at what point, you know, the then they might forget that they don't, you know, that they don't need that. They actually have more support on the spirit side. I'm getting really deep here. I don't know. But that's like, that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's what I, th- and that's why, that's where my mind goes is like, you know, the evolution of the, you know, from, from physical being to spiritual being and just having that belief because there's a lot of people that will stick around because they want they want like things a certain way, you know what I mean? Like that's why some spirits haunt like houses because they like maybe like the housekeeper wants to make sure that you know you're always taken care of, you know, and that's like that they obsess over that. So then in spirit, they continue to stick around to to make sure that they're always there to do that because they can't let go of the physical world. And so I'm kind of that's kind of I don't know. That's yeah. that, that's my interpretation. I don't know. And I find it interesting, you know, because it's like you were talking about the whole like people kind of breaking free of that belief system and right. stuff like that uh it makes me think a little bit it, that that thread really runs deep in china even though they had the cultural revolution in the 60s when a lot of the like folk religion and stuff like that became forbidden knowledge and oh my gosh records of that were destroyed and people who practice stuff like that were killed jesus uh well yeah you something like 20 million people died in the cultural revolution i had no idea that this even happened okay yeah, it, it was kind of a big deal in the 60s in China. Oh, where wow. Where the Chinese basically were like, we're going to completely reset history. Damn. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, dark times. Anyway. In the 60s? Yep. That wasn't that long ago. Nope. Oh, my gosh. No. Did you know? No, I didn't know. Oh, that's amazing. Really? No. Wow. I, not, I unfortunately don't have a lot of China's history, you know. And we don't. We, like a Western classroom hardly no. ever touches like Mm-mm. China, or which is a shame because right, it's a beautiful it, culture. It's beautiful. Uh, it's ancient. I mean, they oh had, yeah, like, cities and money and paper currency and stuff like that. While in Europe, they were still like, I trade you this rock for this rock. Right. Okay. <laughs> I um, like the accent you gave that because Europe's very refined Europe, to me. Europe <laughs> You get down there with that sword now. <laughs> you slay that damn gum dragon. Dang, man. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, hungry ghosts are, are not to be trifled with. And this, you can, like, go forever with the tapestries of depicting them, like, tormenting the living and just desperately scraping by for food and all sorts of, like, terrible things that they they do to people. But, yeah, that gives you some yeah, idea. Yeah. Didn't you say they die a second death at some point? Yeah. That's just, yeah, that was something that was mentioned in the... It's kind of horrible. The one article where it's just like, they're basically dying a second, second death I, over again. So, this is my interpretation of that. I feel like... Uh, the in their you know in their belief system that they have to stick around as a ghost or in spirit to maybe help their family like a happy ghost then you have these hungry ghosts that are exactly. sticking around for the exact same reason except they're angry so you have two 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 people of the exact like basically one's happy one's hungry then it's like the, basically when they die a second time i feel like that's their spirit then being absorbed up into source or as we, other people make say like heaven or whatever, basically yeah. like moving on. So I don't think that they're dying. I don't, they're not necessarily dying. I feel like they're just being absorbed back up to where they basically, where their energy belongs. Sure. To maybe be born again. Who knows? Well, it's a, it's a hybridization with a lot of Buddhist tradition. Too mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. that could actually, 
there, I'm sure there's there's villages where they think that, and there's villages right. where they think something completely different. That's the right. thing with Chinese folk religion is it's not a monoculture by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, folks and beliefs and taboos uh, surrounding the Hungry Ghosts, especially the Hungry Ghost Festival. Spirits are thought to be dangerous and can take many forms, including snakes, moths, birds, foxes, wolves, and tigers. Some can even use the guise of a beautiful man or woman to seduce and possess. One story refers to a ghost which takes the form of a pretty girl and seduces a young man until a priest intervenes and sends the spirit back to hell. It is believed that possession can cause illness and or mental disorders. Oh, so it's just interesting ways to, like, describe, like, shitty stuff happening to them. Yep. Without, like, take, like basically taking responsibility, like, oh, I just ran into a fox on a trail. That's my bad. I should have respected the fox's territory versus, like, oh, it's a hungry ghost. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's just my thought. I, I'm not trying to knock it, though. No, but that's... Uh but yeah, that's that's a super super condensed nutshell version of what hungry ghosts are. Oh yeah, for I sure. I always think of them when I see those those markers because you'll see festivals in China in, in cemeteries where the the plaques for the ancestors are and stuff like that mm -hmm. during a certain month of the Chinese calendar where they'll set out like just a buffet of food for those hungry for their ancestors. Right, and right. Keep them from becoming hungry ghosts. Right, right. And. Uh, like even the that month I was mentioning earlier, where they have a tradition of like, you know, respecting the hungry ghosts during that season, they'll just put food out on their front porch for any ghosts, and then especially uh, considered like important to burn sage. Oh, front step. Mm -hmm. And it was like the more sage you could afford to burn on your like <laughs> in your front doorway or whatever was like a sign of wealth and status and was believed that well that helps them that's why they're so fortunate is because then they're lucky and they have fewer ill spirits around them and stuff like that right right and so for my final mind ghost uh i came across this one while looking at the tommy knockers this is uh actually one from ukraine that is much more associated with the idea of like a ghost or a, a dead spirit of dead miners specifically but like oh like sure seeking revenge mm -hmm. things like that mm -hmm. so the, the and this is from ukraine the shobin are mythological spirits of the mines the legend of the shobin is distributed mainly in mining towns in donbass a region a disputed region claimed by ukraine in the north one can hear several legends about the spirits of the mines the spirits are usually good but can be wicked there's no single point of view or entomology from the word uh, e explanations for the for the legends include uh, it's the nickname of a miner whose soul, according to legend, walks in a fur coat at the bottom of the mine with a torch in his hand and burns the gas, mm -hmm. the fire damp. Uh, the name of a cruel mining master, Shubin, who slew workers underground. Uh, it also sounds in Ukrainian a lot like the sound of methane rushing into a chamber. And so they gave it, uh, that's one of the theories they threw out there is that it's the sound of methane. Shoo, shoo, apparently is how you say methane in uh, <laughs> Ukrainian. Or the sound of methane. Yeah, or it, that's, that's their, what's that word when it's a word to represent a sound? I don't know. I know what it, ah! Uh... Automatopoeia. Sure. Nah, no, it doesn't that. sound right. I don't think that's, it, but, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll go me, with yeah. it. It's a better answer than I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh which often accumulates in the mines. Let's see. So, one specific story that made this jump out for yeah, me... Yeah, it's an automatopoeia, sorry. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Good job. 
comic book knowledge for the win. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to slaughter this pronunciation, but Bela Koroliva. Good job. Is the uh, is a version of these that they call the White Queen. In the beliefs of some miners, that the Shoban spirit appears as a female. Once a miner from Sver, the Slordovsk region went missing. After a long search, he was finally found in a mine naked. He went mad and was taken to a mental hospital. Then some other miners went mad. All of them told about a white queen, a beautiful woman who tried to cheat them, but the miners could not bear her tower, towering beauty and completely lost their reason. People have long mocked these stories and passed them up by the mental hospitals where the miners were treated and said that uh, it was the home of the white kings. Since the white queen, since the white queen has disappeared from the mine, but no one can tell exactly when or where she would come again. So, yeah, I thought that was an interesting one because just like it's like a, it gets into like a kind of a spirit fae kind of thing, but also at the same time getting into a almost not heartbeat a siren. Kind of reminds me of a siren a little bit, but sure. I noticed that trend, and then that with the hungry ghosts is that ghosts and like fears about mental illness seem to mesh together a lot. I'm trying to find this story about um, it's it's very it reminded me of this um, so about the Shubin. It reminded me of this. God dang! I it's. It's like an older, this happened a lot, a long time ago, and I'm trying to look up, like, miners buried alive and all this stuff, and apparently a lot of miners get buried alive, like, today. It is incredibly dangerous. Oh, my even, God. Even today, with modern safety standards, it is ridiculously dangerous. There was a miner that was buried alive for 17 years until they finally got him out. How did What? The- well, I know those those kids that got trapped in the mine, they figured they were going to leave them there for a couple months. But then it started to get really bad because they, they could send water and food down right. this long tube. Yeah. But I forget the reasoning why. I think because the water was going to rise too high or something That's like what that. Oh, because yeah, yeah. yeah. it was monsoon season. Monsoon season, So the yeah. water was just going to keep rising in the cave. Right. So they just basically needed to just haul, haul them out. Right. Um, but this particular story that I'm, that I'm thinking of is an I. I apologize, I can't remember all of the specifics, but um, there was this mine, and I want to say it was, we'll, we'll say in the 1800s, um, and there was two workers in the bottom of the mine, and it ended up, like, they're basically, they hit, like, a water vein or whatever, and the mine started flooding, and, like, basically it kind of collapsed in on top of them, and so the rest of the miners that were already out of the mine decided, well, Basically, we figure, oh, they're already goners. We're just going to leave them to just be there because, you know, just of how bad the, the disaster was. Yeah. So it kind of, cl- so they closed up the mine and they, and they, and they stopped, they stopped all the work. Well, then years later, um, the town decides to develop that area for a tunnel because they need to like make through traffic through this mountain or whatever. Well, then as they are digging out the, this to make a tunnel, they find a makeshift raft. And the bodies of these two miners, meaning that they had survived the collapse and the flooding, and were basically Can you waiting. To the lore podcast. Yeah, I think that's probably where I heard it. Then episode two, my favorite episode yes. of the entire series, uh, the murder hole. Oh and my god! Yeah, uh, I yeah I I'm saving it for like a week where I can really pour into research on mm-hmm. it. But that's 
that podcast episode is probably partially responsible for this podcast existing. Yeah. So, like, is it really on the lore? I thought I heard it somewhere else. Oh, uh, well, it could have been lots of places because it's an incredible story. It is, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely Lord told that episode or that story or one just like it in episode two with the whole finding the, the makeshift raft, meaning that guys had been alive down there for like 19 years or, or like a while ago. And yeah, yeah, I do remember because I, I listened to Lore uh, the first handful of episodes and yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, um, the bloody pit. There you go. Yep. The Ugh. Hoosack Tunnel. That's what it is. Oh, my God. Yeah, so now that tunnel is, like, really fucking haunted. But, like, apparently the miners the miners also, like, help give people light to, like, get out of the tunnel. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting d- dynamic. But that's what the Shubin kind of reminded me of. 9.0 on the weird shit <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, that was... That, that's... That was what I was thinking. I was trying to find... I was also trying to find a story of someone having a real-life encounter with um, Tommyknockers, or basically Elementals, and I found one, but it's... I don't know. It seems kind of longish. I mean, I don't even know if it's true. Like, I haven't even, like, vetted it or anything like that. I just thought, like, it'd be nice to, like, close out with, like, a story... Of somebody actually having this encounter, but like it's, I mean, if, if I'm gonna, oh shit, let me just, like, I'll s- just briefly scroll so you can see, but it's, it's like, it's like really, really long. Sure. So I don't know, we can, maybe we'll post that on the show notes later, like after this episode goes then live. Send me that link and I'll make sure the, the yeah. in the show notes. It's, it's from mysteriousuniverse.org, and honestly, if we find out that this story is like mostly bullshit then we just <laughs> then we just we'll just maybe put a disclaimer that says like the story's bullshit but enjoy <laughs> yeah. for entertainment purposes only. pretty much so i'm gonna send that link right now to our group chat and travis who isn't here is gonna be all like what, what? <laughs> i like that we both gave him the same like yeah i believe the reason Travis can't be here tonight is he's in some sort of sort of sorcerer's battle for the the soul of the city of Sioux Falls. There like you that. go. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my my rundown of some common mining spirits and ghosts in a nutshell. Nice. Well done, sir. So once again, if you you like what we do or want us to. You know, get into a topic, anything like that, feel free to reach out to us through the, the show page, macabremoir.com or the sueempire.com, our parent page. And then uh, also, if you really like what we do, be sure to give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and support us on uh, Patreon. We would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, that's all I got this week. Same. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, no problem. Yeah. Macabre Grimoire is a production of the SueEmpire.com. Learn more at MacabreGrimoire.com. Last night.